Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is... Cowabunga dudes. Welcome back, everybody. Acapella. Acapella. It was a shell of a time. Trying to think of the other ones. It was totally tubular. Yeah, yeah. Guys, thanks for joining us uh, once again in between locations. How's it going, uh, Shades? I'm fantastic, Sketch. How are you? I'm, I, as you said, I'm, I'm uh, totally radical. <laughs> Sick guitar riff. Um, guys, if you are joining us uh, live, I always say that in quotes, then uh, you just you just listen to a doozy. You just put in uh, you just Woo. put in uh, put in your street cred there on that one. 50th episode. It was a big one. It was. And joined by our guest hosts, Brad and Chuck of the Chuck and Brad podcast. Thanks so much, guys, for for uh, going down the manhole. It was so speak, a lot one. of fun. It was. Yeah. And I think I think if you heard the episode, you can tell that we had a lot of fun. We did. Yeah. We brought a lot of joy to that sewer. <laughs> so we we I mean we went all over the turtles uh universe but shades is there anything in particular you'd like to retract restate uh add no i i stand by mm -hmm. my uh my thoughts on the turtles universe yeah yeah no i do too um it it, it has a soft spot in in, in my soul uh, turtles growing up with it it does yeah i was trying to think if there was any other property that really that like i grew up with as much as turtles and i just don't think there was i think turtles was like my most defining media experience yeah i would agree with that sketch and i was really thinking about the properties that i that i loved as a child and and just to rattle off a few there were Ghostbusters mm -hmm. and the real Ghostbusters. There was Mask. I don't know if you remember Mask. Yeah, the Jim Carrey movie that turned into no, uh, no, 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 not, not the, the mask. mask. This was a this was a cartoon about a mobile assault strike force team. I forget what the K stands for, no. but they were vehicles that turned into like other vehicles and bases. And it was called Mask. Mm. Um, I really loved that as a child. Um, rock lords gobots transformers and and while those things and those properties always existed it was ninja turtles was always pervasive in the background of everything in the culture and i think that had to do so much with the merchandising i honestly looked up no lie i looked up when pizza got big in america because i was like ninja turtles had to have helped boost pizza sales <laughs> and Technically, it didn't because the pizza existed in America right. since the fifties. But right, but the, it had to have changed it to a a kid friendly food. I agree. I think it did a lot for the particularly like the Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's mm -hmm. aspect of of fast food commercialized branded pizza. Yeah. Uh, certainly, in my hometown, growing up, I mean there were a number of pizzerias and they 
in the mid, I would say the late 80s and early 90s, they seemed to take a hit. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and I attribute that to, to the rise of Domino's and the rise of Pizza Hut. Yeah. And I would attri- attribute the, the rise of both of those to the Ninja Turtles. There you go. So a roundabout way. But that does bring me up to a question that I, I, I forgot to ask during the main episode. So oh, I will so try to give I you will, a big A. Well, you'll be able to give me a big A because it's a personal question. A medium-sized it's, it's A. It's going to be a very personal big A from you. A personal yep. A. A personal pan A, a personal if you will. pan A. When you were a young boy. Okay. okay. Can you think back? Yep. Thinking back. Little shades. Were you ever into, like, the gross things? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the turtles The turtles are a good example. They live in a sewer. They make things out of trash. Like, like the garbage pail kids? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, creepy crawlies and, like, just, like, making a mess and being gross and stinky and all that stuff. No. Yeah. I wasn't either. No, I was, and I thought that I was not watching back on Turtles, I was like, you know, they really deposited that little boys were just gross beings that just liked garbage and mud and sewer dwellers. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've done a good job of late in our culture of saying like, listen, not all girls are princesses and ponies, but I don't know if we've reversed the trend of boys are just gross beings that are just wallowing in filth. I I mean, we, that's a little bit too much real world in my fake worlds. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it struck me as someone who never liked to get messy. I will say I didn't really latch on to that aspect of even really being outdoors other than playing on playgrounds and, and just, you know, playing outside as a child, the my crunchy earthy phase didn't start until after college. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I mean, we're, and that's like, that's natural world stuff too. As, right. as opposed to this, uh, I didn't like camping. Dirty I didn't for like dirty being sake. outside. I didn't like being on the ground yeah. as a as a child. Yeah. You know, dirt, dirty, like being dirty, playing in the dirt. Didn't didn't go in on that. The payoff at all. never um, was worth it when it came to having to clean everything up. You know what I mean? Strong, strong agree. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, even in, even in my adult life, I still don't like and. and Egyptology is a messy field. It is a messy and field. And like, and you know, working on vehicles and doing art, like, right. I, I'm not afraid of a mess, but always when it's, when it's the byproduct of some sort of creativity, then I'm fine with it. Mess for mess sake. Ugh, it, it does nothing for me. I'm not on board with that. I, I think that's probably the argument that Elise and I have the most is organization and picking things up when we're done with them. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was honestly just an observation I had when I was rewatching, especially like the old series. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the nineties live actions too. I forgot. I certainly never had, I never had any desire to crawl down into a sewer. Let's put it that way. No matter how cool the Ninja Turtles seemed. I remember when I was a kid, one time I did lift up the grate of a storm drain and went down there. 
but that was really that was more of a curiosity thing. And that was were you lured by a cartoonish, terror, terrifying clown? Oh, no, no, no. He was very nice. And uh, we spent many afternoons together. Oh, sketch. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, and it was what? Like we all float. It down was here. like four feet deep. It was like nothing. I was just, in, I was sketch, just you're, interested. You're you are incredibly lucky. Yeah. Why am I lucky? That you didn't get trapped down there, that you didn't drown, that that uh, that Pennywise didn't come and snatch you away. Yeah, just count my blessings. Yeah. I made it out of the dangerous 90s. You did. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I mean, I think there is um, certainly truth in 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 conditioning and, and nature and nurture and girl everything's pink for girls everything's blue for boys and and we you know we certainly project our ideas of of what you know male and female are onto children and our offspring and i think you're right i think we're getting to a better place yeah. there's you know we talk about you know dysmorphic body image and and eating issues and diet issues with women but those things are also pervasive with men in terms of body image particularly in the age of marvel like greek god superheroes um that was that was a big thing in in my last few years of teaching Uh, you know we were starting to see like you know dysmorphic body image in in students and in teenagers and uh, it's certainly a real thing. It's not no one gender or age group has a lock on that. And, you know, I, I think you're right. I think the conversation maybe hasn't expanded yet um, in the way that it should to everyone. But I think it's great that we're having these conversations, uh, you know, period, full stop. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Final question. Is that where the term toxic masculinity came from? Just toxic ooze. Yes. All these gross men were just born in that bubbling fest pit of 80s, late 80s, early 90s um, sewage it, slash radioactive runoff. It is the it is the byproduct of TCRI. Mm-hmm. And I think we should file a class action lawsuit. All right. All right. So we nailed that one down. I think we yes. I think we fixed it. Uh, sure. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We'll button up that issue. Sure. And uh, send it down down to shipping. So, guys, that was our turtles conversation. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, 50 big episodes, but we are not stopping. We are not. And uh, you know what else isn't stopping? The news. <laughs> and and the news is not good if you're a fan of Spider-Man. We, we, we've had, since our last midstream came out, a lot of news. And I would say, boo, 80% of it has been Spider-Man based. Yes. So do you want to uh, you want to bring us up to speed? Are you familiar uh, with so it? Just enough? a brief, just a brief recap. In 2015, Marvel and Sony inked a deal to lend Spider-Man back to Disney Marvel. Sony has controlled the rights to Spider-Man since 1996 when Sony bought the, the licensing rights to live-action Spider-Man, animated Spider-Man, for a sum of $7 million, which when you inflate to 2019 numbers is something like $38 million. And uh, you, you could say, oh, that's very... That's not a lot of money. That's a, a inexpensive sum for Spider-Man. Uh, 
Marvel, which was in bankruptcy at the time, just hemorrhaging money through a number of bad decisions, most of which were related to Spider-Man. This is coming out of the era of the Clone Saga. Marvel actually offered the entire catalog to Sony. Mm. They, they offered all of their characters to Sony. Wow. Um, and, at, and Sony just said, go back to them and just make a deal for Spider-Man. Mm. So I think Marvel had offered them everyone for like 50 million. And, and Sony kind of said, no, we don't want everyone. We don't want your debt. Just make a deal for Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and that's where the, the Raimi, um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies came from. And you could say, you know, $7 million, not a lot of money. Sure, whatever. It was enough to keep Marvel afloat. Mm-hmm. They would have gone out of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody would have else would have bought them eventually, but they would have become a, a corporate subsidy much earlier in their existence yeah. uh, in a similar way that DC has uh, with Warner Brothers. They sold out in the, uh, in the late 80s, I believe. So fast forward, you get this deal with Sony and Marvel, and they're going to share Spider-Man. Spider-Man's going to guest in the MCU universe, and in return, Disney is going to put up the production fee, the entirety of the t- production budget for all standalone Spider-Man movies. Kevin Feige, or uh, yeah, Kevin Feige is going to act as producer, but Sony is going to retain. All of the standalone movie rights, they're going to get all of that Spider-Man money except for first day, dollar one box office gross. They get get 5% of the box office gross from day one figures. Mm -hmm. And then Marvel got all of the merchandising rights to Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. That's not just movie-related merchandising rights to Spider-Man. That is all Spider-Man related merchandising. So you have to ask yourself, like, what's the bigger issue here? Disney paying for a movie or Disney getting all of the Spider-Man merch money? What's the sweeter deal here? Mm -hmm. The, the back out clause here is that if the movies don't make a billion dollars, Sony can back out anytime. The first movie only made eight hundred and eighty-eight million. Only, I mean that that seems what a bummer. So gauche to say bummer. only eight hundred and eighty-eight. We're talking Homecoming. Homecoming, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Far from Home did make a billion dollars, and and I think it benefited by from being the first movie post Endgame. Oh, absolutely. So it grosses a billion dollars. Spider-Man: Far from Home becomes the be- the highest grossing sp- movie for Sony of all time. It beat out Skyfall, uh, J- La- the James Bond mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. So Far From Home is the highest grossing Sony movie of all time. It's the highest grossing so- Spider-Man movie. And so Disney tried to renegotiate their deal with Sony. Okay. What they proposed was splitting the production 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, renegotiating their box office take and retaining all of the merchandising rights. Okay. And Sony pulled the plug. Mm-hmm. They walked away. Um, 
we don't, you know, who's at fault, who walked away, who killed it. Um, there's a couple of wrinkles here. Disney's acquisition of Fox, um, the acquisition of the X-Men universe, the Fantastic Four, uh, and, you know, Kevin Feige is going to produce those as well and redevelop them for the MCU in phase five, I believe. We'll start to see the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Wow. Yeah, but not for a while. But there's there's going to be some time on task in redeveloping, I would imagine. So Sony balked at the deal. They offered a few different configurations uh, in which they would continue to to license Spider-Man back to the MCU. Um, Disney refused every subsidiary deal that they offered. Um, Sony was not willing to do a 50-50 split, but they did, you know, give some money back to it, but their contingent was that Kevin Feige would continue to serve as executive producer on these movies, Mm -hmm. to which Disney said no. And they've kind of spun it a few different ways, like he's he's too busy, his plate's too full, he's going to do the X-Men, he's going to do the Fantastic Four. I think if you're Disney... Disney looked at this and said, we just gave another studio the highest grossing movie of the year, yeah. um, you know, next to Endgame. And our guy worked on mm-hmm. it. Like, we're not sharing him anymore. This was, this was too successful, I think, is, is what Disney looked at, that we're not making enough money off these movies, and we've given our Wonder Boy to another studio. Mm-hmm. So, as of Sketch... As of one hour ago, IGN reported that, quote, for the moment, the door is closed. Uh, Sony Pictures chairman Tony Vincenquera has said that uh, for now, there, there are no negotiations, no deals to be made. The door is closed. We're taking back Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that tweet. And uh, yeah. Um. There, there is no, and quote, there's no ill will between Sony and Marvel over the end of the Spider-Man deal. Um, and there's some surprise there at the fan backlash um, at Sony. Mm-hmm. Uh, as if, you know, Sony seems to be the bad guy in, in press and media among fanboys. Um, I don't know. I think, I, I think both studios are to blame. I, certainly uh, I think, think both are to blame. Yeah, I I I have to look at this and say, you know, we're we're the fans. Yep. We the fans are the ones who are going to pay the price, Correct. be most hurt, and are ultimately at fault. Mm-hmm. Because we continue to pay for this shit. Yeah. Because these studios know that we will consume anything in these universes. We're the ones that make it as valuable as love, it is. Yes. Because we love them so much, we will pay any price, any amount for the chance to experience wonder. Just even for if just for an hour and 15 minutes, um, we will shill out any amount of money. And um, the studios know that. And so they don't they don't have to go the extra step. So there's going to be two more standalone Spider-Man movies. They're not going to be in the MCU. Tom Holland is out. Spider-Man is out. No Spider-Man for phase four, which is really problematic. Very problematic. I, I mean, they they laid the groundwork to, to make Spider-Man the 
Yeah, the new Tony. The the new Tony yeah. Stark. That the he new was. Killer. They were going to build the MCU around mm-hmm. him. Clearly. Um, and that's not the case, and it's not going to be the case. And you know, it doesn't mean that Spider-Man won't make his way ba- back into the MCU at some point. But I, I doubt that it'll be Tom Holland. I doubt that it'll be in the interconnected Avengers universe. Yeah. And so that's done. But there is a Spider-Verse in the MCU that now Tom Holland can inhabit. Yeah, it's true. Um, there's a Venom spinoff. There's a Morbius spinoff. There's a Spider-Gwen spinoff happening. Um, there's an Into the Spider-Verse 2 happening, which uh, they've already talked about bringing Tommy McGuire, Andrew Garfield into that. I can't. can't imagine they wouldn't bring I, Tom I mean, in at this point. Yeah, I can't imagine they're not going to bring Tom Holland in at this point. And, uh, I mean, we're going to get more Spider-Man movies and, you know, I think it's going to be okay. I think the, the universe has been laid out, um, certainly far from home was much less interconnected to the MCU in terms of characters than homecoming. So, I mean, you scale back on that, you do the same thing. I think you and I even said, like, we were trying to figure out in that episode what was Sony, what was Marvel, and we seemed to like the smaller yes, absolutely. Spider-Man, Sony-centric What we both assumed were the, yeah, the Sony aspects of the movie. W- right. We don't know that, but what we attributed the Sony aspects of the movie, we seemed to enjoy yeah, more. Yeah, the moments so. where it didn't have to play into the world at large. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I'll tell you, though, where I'm bummed is... You know, the relationship with Happy and Peter have, has been growing yeah. so so w- wonderfully. And now that is just going to have to have a hard stop. That is dashed. And, you know, they, they really created a hiccup for themselves, giving Peter the resources of Tony Stark. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, Edith, but not just Edith, you know, his, his financial security and resources, Mm -hmm. his ability to make suits, his ability to, now that his identity is out, who gives a shit? Because he's a billionaire, right. essentially. Um, that's all got to go away, and that's going to be problematic for both Sony and Marvel to, to deal with. I, they're just not going to address it, but that's, that's a big rant for me if they don't address it. Yeah, it'll be a big hole. It's, each it each really will. side now that they're going their separate ways is going to have a big absence. And I, I did really say is. when it when the news finally, when it did break, I my first thought was that like, well, then there's nobody in MCU that I'm like behind. There, there's no heart left in the MCU now that the original Avengers have retired. Like, who are we going to follow, be following that is like a relatable down to earth character? I, I don't I, know. Yeah, I will agree there with the exception of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I am not really interested in, vested at all in in the characters that they're bringing forward and the, the stories that they're going to tell. I, I know people are excited for Ms. Marvel and Kamala Khan to, to get their day in the sun. Uh, I have to look at that and say they did such a poor job with, with Captain Marvel I just I don't know if the MCU has the the bravery to do Kamala Khan's story justice um, and and tell that story in a meaningful way. 
the character that would have been most accessible for her would have been Spider-Man. And now he's gone um, in terms of connection to the MCU because she doesn't have any relation to, to Carol. Carol has no connection to Earth. Um, Black Panther's kind of mess in the larger MCU mm-hmm. where they've left him with Infinity War and Endgame. Um, it, it feels really disconnected from the larger story. Um, you know, they have to they have to tell a new story yeah. now. And I don't know. There's some I, there's I, certainly I've, some damage control to do now. I'm, and I'm reaching my atrophy for atrophy point with with superhero. And movies. I think a lot of people are. I think we're probably getting to the point where um, this this um, continuity has been what a lot of people are like, well, I, got, I have to see the next one. I have to see the right. next one. And if we're going to be shaken up too much and 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 uh, taking out too many of the familiarities, then I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, I don't need to anymore. I don't need to right. go see this one. I don't need to go see that one. Um, I think Warner Brothers and DC have kind of drawn that line in the sand and said, well, wait, we don't we don't actually need to have this giant interconnected universe. Yeah. And are, are putting out standalone movies with which is very tertiary kind of fun throwaway connections to a larger uh, you know uh stable and universe of characters mm-hmm. um that that superman cameo at the end of of Shazam was was a throwaway cameo but but it was fun sure. and it you, you they yeah sure superman's going to have lunch with Shazam yeah. why, not? why not why not oh it's not henry cavill who, who cares, cares? Who cares? DC movies now are certainly interconnected in just the the fan base's background knowledge. Yes. And uh, and no longer. Maybe that's all we need. You know what? It's it's fun. It's fun for for people in the know. It's it's fun to have those connections. And if you're not in the know, get in the know. It only it only costs you three ninety nine to get in the know. There you go. Read a comic. There you go. One comic is all you will need to know the entire DCU. <laughs> totally. Yep. yep. Done. Yep. And that comic is, of course, Ambush Bug. Yes. Oh, man. Ambush Bug. All right. Well, shifting gears from Spider-Man for a second. Unfortunately, though, not shifting from Disney. We'll have to give Disney a little more airtime. There's also been the announcements of the Star Wars series television series the, Mandal- the mandalorian everybody's losing their the shit mandalorian, the mandalorian and the obi-wan series the obi-wan series right with you yes. and mcgregor both right. series on disney plus i don't know sketch not a fan um so solo happened that was a thing solo did happen and and it killed. Basically, it prevented Disney from ever attempting to put out any kind of movie involving any amount of risk mm-hmm. ever again. And it looks like they've doubled down on Disney Plus series yeah, for sure, which don't have to be good because the hype is going to drive subscribers with disposable income to their platform. Mm-hmm. So whether the series is good or not, Sony makes, uh, sorry, Disney makes their money. Yeah. And all they have to do is put out a limited, I guess, eight episode series of something. 
I am excited about the uh, Ewan McGregor project because I I, I, mean, I don't feel I like he would do something with this character that he wasn't personally invested in. He's he's been pulling this for this for a while, wanting to do this. He was pulling for a movie for well, a long yeah. time. I don't I don't know about the series. I think series can be dangerous. Um, because you you write two hour you write a script mm -hmm. and then you have to pad that script out in some way and it worked in titans it didn't work in daredevil it worked in battlestar galactica which turned into battlestar galactica it did not work in um what was um Oh, garbage. I can't think of other garbage the series now, but, uh, it, you know, it, for every series that it works for, it doesn't work for another series. And I don't know. It, it's, I'm not excited for Disney plus. I'm not going to get Disney plus. So I'm not going to see it. So I'm not going to let myself get excited yeah. because I would love to see you and McGregor in another Obi-Wan property. But I mean, really what, adventures are left for us to see of obi-wan we've seen the conclusion of his story with darth maul in rebels we know where his story ends on the death star in episode four mm -hmm. we know you know his confrontation with anakin um in episode three really what is left for Obi-Wan other than to watch him on Tatooine watching a young Luke and like maybe there are adventures with young Luke and a uh, younger Obi-Wan. Well, for me, slightly the, the big area that is still left untouched that the series would be the perfect avenue for is um, the communication with the Force and becoming one with the entity that Yoda kind of hints at at the very end of Revenge of the Sith um, that he'll be able to commune with Qui-Gon again. Qui-Gon. Um, I think it would be really neat. Uh, it would. I, I would really like a series that delved more <coughs> on that kind of inward journey than some sort of um, explosion-laden lightsaber-wielding adventure. Um, almost, almost more like... Um, like uh, psychological and and reflective, almost like when you think of the, the the moments on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda, kind of learning the the ins and outs. I'm I'm with you, uh, and just kind of devil's advocate here. I think that works in 22 minutes of a 120 minute film. I don't know if that works four hours at a time across an eight or a 13 episode series. Well, and who even knows if that's what they'll do. Um, but True. I mean, that was one of the things that rebels I thought did, did nicely was they really tied in Ezra's journey into the force. Um, and, uh, you know, they were, they were shying away from that for a while. And I, I like, that was one of the things I liked about solo was that it was force, um, vacant, 
force force yeah forceless but uh you know with obi-wan at that point in his life that's that's the perfect story for all he's got for a guy like me to to take in so time will tell i'm also not going to get disney plus but i will be willing to get like a month of it uh when i have like the free time to binge a couple shows I'll, I'll, I would do that. I would be more willing to spend like 30 bucks on the season on Amazon than I am to give Disney any amount of money. Yeah, I mean, if they do that, their that's, that's another way to do it. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, everything eventually makes its way to Amazon. Mm-hmm. So time will tell. These properties. Sketch, you got anything else you want to uh, talk about this week? You know, after talking uh, to Chuck and Brad, I did sit down and watch the fate of the furious that's the the (laughs) fast and furious movie that i had not seen yet and holy shit i was like i've seen them all and i just kept being like how did we get here how did we get here but i do want to watch it with you some point for patreon exclusive with the first one because there is a scene in the fate of the furious that I really want to be present for when you see. (laughs) And I don't want to say it because it would like spoil a lot of the eighth movie and the seventh movie. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. There's a, there's a fight sequence that I really would like you to see. Cool. Um, I, I am down for that. I, whenever you want to tackle those and, and do that movie, I'm all in. Have you seen Hobbs and Shaw yet? I wanted to see eight before I saw Hobbs and Shaw. So I cannot imagine how the Fast and Furious have gotten to this this stage. Like we talked about, it. it's you know, guys, if you want to listen to the Fast and Furious thesis from from Chuck and Brad, you can head over to our Patreon, become a, a Patreon subscriber, you get access to that ten minute episode. And um, I just don't understand uh, how we got here. And uh, but my God, is it entertaining? Oh, oh, it's uh, Hobbs and it's Shaw was fan flipping tastic. Yeah. It's not fine art, but it's fun art. It is fun yeah. art. Yeah, that's a great way of thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. That's it, though. Should we transition to next week? This week's upcoming yes. episode. Yes, yes. Next week, the. Uh, the leaves are changing. Children are going back to school. Pumpkin spice is back at Duncan. But it's still summer. And so it's time for a, a, a summertime wrap up. It's our summer of season three wrap ups. Specifically. I was trying to think of, of another S yeah. to put yeah. in there or or. It, it just didn't lots of s's didn't happen but that's okay nope, didn't happen. it's guys it's specifically our our uh our netflix properties that we've been following along on on geeking out we're talking stranger things there's an s for you season three season three and jessica jones season three slash final season slash end of the netflix marvel universe yes so, uh we tackled them both in one episode because we've already talked before about the previous seasons of both of these shows so um, that will be our next episode, our Netflix summer season three spectacular. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Summer of season three spectacular. Love it. Love it. Yeah, 
So, uh, guys, thanks for listening. If you have not yet heard our big 50th episode, uh, head on over and do that and and hang on, strap in, hold on to your shells. And, go to the, uh, go that's to the bathroom a, before tuning in. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Definitely. Sure. And uh, we will see you next week for our Summer of Season 3 Spectacular. Very good, you got it. Are the Shades and Sketch Summer of Season 3 Spectacular. Oh, oh, oh Sketch. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I think that's going to be a, a running thing. How many, How many what, S's what we can, can we get expand? in there? How many S's can we get I'll in get there? I'll get out my encyclopedia. There we go. Through. See you later, guys. See you next See ya. time. <laughs>